Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to work. Today is October 9th, 2021, the second Saturday of October. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, Zoom moderator, Sister Helena Thompson, Minister of Music. She carefully selects the music and plays it during the service. And then I, Carolyn Cunningham, will present the invocation, the invitation to giving, and the announcements. Today, Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey will offer the altar prayer. Minister Juanita Purdy will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, will offer the final remarks and benediction. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from Storm Church members. Pray for the worldwide church, our families and friends, TIs worldwide, and advocacy and activist groups. Pray also for the loved ones of those who have died from the coronavirus. Pray for the overtaxed medical professionals during this time of dire need. Pray that all government officials will be moved by the Holy Spirit to do the will of God and not their will. Pray for victims of hurricanes, flooding, and fires here in the U.S. and throughout the world. Pray also for all victims of the earthquake in Haiti and other Haitians who are at the Del Rio, Texas border and those who are trying to come in. Pray that they will receive humane and equitable treatment now that they're away uh, from the border, those who are in Del Rio, Texas. Please continue to pray for Pastor Millicent and her family on the loss of her mother and pray for all who have recently lost beloved uh, members of their families and their loved ones. Thank you for your attention. Now, the open Sister Helena will play the opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star.
Hallelujah. We love you so much. We love you so much, so much. We love you so much, God. I hope you feel our love for you. I hope you know our love for you, but we're going to tell you loud and proud that we love you. We're going to proclaim it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With a heart of love comes thanksgiving. With a heart of love comes honor. With a heart of love comes reverence for you. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. We pray that you be blessed and honored by all that we do and by all that we say today and forevermore. Each time we open our mouth to speak your praises, to declare your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greetings, everyone. <laughs> it is a, such an honor to be with each one of you as we come together in fellowship and we come together to honor our Lord, our Savior, our King, Hallelujah. All that he is to us, all that he is for us. It is such an honor to be here. I always acknowledge God, our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Pastor Millicent, the partaker and the carrier of this vision that God has given her for refuge from the storm conference called church, each person in their respective places and each one of you who have come to be a part of this time of fellowship and honor to the most high King. What a privilege and honor. So <laughs> without further ado, I am going to get into uh, the message, hallelujah. Let me give you the title of this message. It is giving you the best of my love. Giving you the best of my love. Probably puts you in uh, thought of that Anita Baker song, giving you the best that I've got or however her song is. But it was a love song we know um, that... She is um, just, uh, just making known her desire and her, her, the fullness of willing to give herself um, for that, that love, that person who makes her feel whole. Well, I just want to share with you a little background for this message. Um, as I, I go into it, um, we had a fifth Wednesday prayer call. And on that prayer call, those who were not able to make it, um, I encourage you to be at the next one, of course, if you can. 
we spent that Wednesday evening loving on the Lord and telling him how much we love him, how much we appreciate him, how much we adore him, how much we honor him as we gave thanks to him for all of his many, many, many kind blessings, even the ones that we don't uh, um, really think about, they're all there. And so we, th we gave him thanks for it. And, and so part of that experience, because I've always, you know, I, I love to, I'm, I guess I would say I'm a child of love, but um, I, I, I will always, in, in a sense, um, and it came about, I guess, about, uh, I don't know, it's been some years back when I was living in Pensacola, I attended this church. And, you know, this is something that, you know, you're really not taught in church. And so, you know, I was in this church and the, the, um, the pastor will always say, now tell the Lord you love him. <laughs> and, you know, it was different, but it was very rewarding. And it was like a transformation happened to me those years back. And so, you know, that became part of the genetic makeup of my prayers to, you know, make sure that the Lord knows first and foremost that I love him. Before I bring my need, I bring him my love. As a matter of fact, I truly, from my experience, I truly believe if you bring him your, the love first, and I'm going to show you that in scripture, you'll probably have to bring less of the need. You know, I, I mean, truly, because if you I will show you in scripture that there are certain promises that's associated with the love. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but if you say if if you love me, if you love me, I want to hear it. Amen. <laughs> tell me that you love me and, and, and not only tell me, but show me they go hand in hand. So, you know, if you love me, why don't I hear it? First and foremost, but let me go on and, and, and continue. I bless the Lord. So, of course, it was this, this new level that God has taken me to was birthed out in experience that I had with my two-year-old grandson that still, I mean, just it, it it is so like transformative in my heart. Every time I think about it, it just, it just, it, it goes deeper and deeper and take me to a new level. Um, and so my two-year-old grandson is like out of the mouth of bays. My God, thank you for teaching me through my two-year-old grandson. Um, you know, he, um, he, they were spending time with me, him and, and his sister. And um, of course, I, like I said, part of, you know, my worship to God is to tell him that I love him. But anyway, so as I was spending this time with my grandbabies, my grandbabies absolutely love to, um, 
be tickled and they love for me to chase them, even though, you know, much older than, you know, I run around the house and just chase them like I'm a, a you know, a 20 some year old. It, it, we have so much fun and they just love to be tickled and they have such a great time. So, you know, we had just finished, you know, that like fun time with each other and, um, and, and so we were about to, well, we were actually starting to enter into a, a time of just relaxation. They were near their um, nap time. So, you know, we were kind of settling down. And my two-year-old um, grandson said to me, he came up to me, um, and I believe that this was truly uh, just uh, something that God just, you know, just, uh, this was a move of God. I can tell you that right now, um, because I have been so uh, enlightened by it, but he came up to me and he, he reached his arms to me and, you know, he said to me, he said, um, grandma, I love you so much. It wasn't grandma, I love you. Like, you know, I hear from them all the time, but it was a deepness in it. And he said, grandma, I love you so much. And he said it again. He said, I love you so much, grandma. Oh, my heart melted. My heart melted. All I could do was take him in my arms and embrace him and hold him and just, just give him the greatest uh, response of love that I could possibly give to him. I just wanted him to feel the return of the love that he declared for me. Now, I'm not saying that they don't do that because they do it all the time, but there was something deep about the way he said that. And so as he said that, and I just, with all of my heart, just tried to just let him know that that love is in return. I love you just as deep. I love you just as much. It was a breathtaking moment. And, you know, it, it, even now, even as I speak to you about it, it still takes my breath away. But, you know, as um, it was days later, as I was thinking, and I still think about it quite often, but I was thinking about the interaction. This song that you just heard played, came to mind and um, my heart was, you know, just really understanding how if me being human and really having a shallow understanding of love, really, I mean, we uh, just because of, you know, our experiences and the sin in this world and whatnot, we have a really, even though internally, there may be a, a deeper understanding underneath or subconsciously 
on the surface level, we tend to have more of a shallow perspective of love, loving those who love us. If you don't like me, I don't like you, um, you know, or you know what? If you don't like me, at least I ain't going to have nothing to do with you. <laughs> I mean, I hear this all the time. The Bible says that I have to forgive you. I don't have to have anything to do with you. I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to have associations with you. And we go on and on and on. Imagine if Jesus, <laughs> imagine those, those same excuses. Oh, no, we will all be in trouble. So I thank God for that deepness of love and understanding, hallelujah, um, that God's love runs so deep for us. And how much, how much um, important, how much more important it is to not only act it out, but to express that love. Because if we read throughout the Bible, guess what? We see him expressing his love for us all the time throughout scripture. But if we listen to our prayers in all honesty, we'll throw our knees in there before we throw our love. And so I, today, I just want us to really zero in on that love relationship so that we can make sure that we are giving him the best of our love. See, we, I think we need to understand that the love is more impactful than the praise is. The love is more impactful than the thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, if you have the love, those things are gonna be automatic. You can't love God and not be thankful for what he has done for you. You can't love God and not give him the best of your praise. So when the love comes first, everything else follows. So what I wanna do, because I know that a lot of times we, um, over, I just wanna say over the course of the next few sermons, we want to really address the role of emotions because they're part of who God created us to be. And we have to learn to, first of all, use them as God will have us to use them and make sure that we have them in balance, okay? love being the greater of them all. But um, we want to address that in our lives and how um, important they are in allowing us to have relationships with a God's eye view. We won't have as much of the tension when we have the love of God. 
I can I can tell you that because the Bible clearly says that love covers the multitude of sin. So part of that love is you can't have love and not have forgiveness. Don't work. So it, enveloping the love brings about all the other issues that comes about through targeting or persecution or whatever you want to call it. So I want to, we know that this, this system is designed to cause emotional turmoil. It's also designed to cause relational strain. Strain. Not only that relational strain is that relational strain with others, but it can also cause you to doubt yourself. It can cause you to, to you know, deal with a range of emotions, and some of them more often negative than they are positive. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, it, it will cause you to also have strain with God as well. Part of, we've already talked about this in terms of our ministry and our ministry to others is that, you know, people are, you know, the first thing is I don't understand the loving God allowing these things. How many times have we heard that? So it can cause the strain. That's the whole point of the system. The manipulation are done to elevate and fuel anger, bitterness, and hopelessness. So I want to encourage you that our victory over the manipulation is through the power of God in love. It is through the power of God in love. And love is not anything that you, 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 you hide. You can't hide it. If it's love, <laughs> it's going to come to the forefront. It's going to show. So I want to encourage us that we can have victory over the manipulation of the devil who's using this system to distract, who's using this system to discourage, who's using this system to try, to try. Now, I want to say this because, you know, there's a scripture and you, I, I'm going to repeat it later on, but there's a scripture that tells us um, that, uh, you know, our, our love for God is what's going to make everything work for our good. So it's our, the, he said, is it, the things will work for your good for those who love him. So the manipulation of the system is trying to destroy God's plan for your life, but he's already a defeated foe, especially if you're moving and operating in the love of God and you have God's love and you love him, he's already made a promise to you. The devil is a lie. And there's other things that comes as we demonstrate our love for not only just demonstrate it, but, you know, just like we have to confess. 
We have to confess Jesus is Lord. Confessing our love for God is just as important. So, you know, we're going to talk about, if, well, let me read this. Because the scripture I'm going to come from, um, I, I have uh, other scriptures, but Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. Because we know that the enemy wants, his plan is to distract, discourage, and destroy, okay? But we know that Ephesians 6, 10, and 11 tells us that if we be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we will be able to stand against every wow. So what are those wows? They are the devious and cunning strategies that the devil employ in manipulating or persuading someone to do what he wants. So we will overcome because we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We overcome and stand against and able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we see this system. We see the system. Is he using others? Of course. Of course. So part of the method, the methodology that he used is a trickery, ruses, ploys, schemes, manipulating, manipulators, um, cunning devices, methods. We know the lies, the lies and more lies that are told to get people to go along with some of the schemes. Now, who's the father of lies? The devil. So, First Peter 5 and 8 tells us to remember to be sober-minded and be watchful because the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone, anyone who he is able to devour. So the first thing is that we understand that that manipulation may look different for each of us. And it looks different because of what we hold dear to our hearts. So we, I can rattle off the, the, the different wiles and, uh, that the Satan uses or the ways that we come under attacks a, a or uh, the, the things that are being used. But what is our solution? Because, you know, even though it may look different to each one of us, guess what? That word of God is a ready solution for what ails this world. No matter what it is, no matter what the conditions are, the word of God has already addressed it. So our approach is to look to scripture. 
because the scripture always point to the heart of the matter. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to keep our heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. What are the issues? <laughs> well, generally the issues are the things that we you know, put before the Lord in prayer, the things that concerns us, the things that drive us, the things, our needs, okay? We can kind of do a, a long list. Mine may look quite differently from yours, but nonetheless, it's coming from that heart condition. And so we're encouraged through scripture that we are to keep our heart with all diligence, with all diligence. Think about our diligence. If we're diligent, we are working. We are focused. We are determined that my heart condition my my the the way I feel about things, the way I approach things, it is in line with how God wants me to see those things with all diligence, because He says that the issues are going to flow from that. The issues are going to flow from it. King Solomon writes, incline that ear unto my saying, let them not depart from thy, thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health unto all their flesh. That heart condition is so important. It drives the rest of your body. It drives the health of your body. Let me tell you, you know, now your nervous system, it, 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 it is important. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, 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 the nervous system, um, the, our, our brain, but our heart, our heart is going to drive the health and the wellness of your body. And so that heart condition is, is the most important aspect of our physical self. Physical self. So. When we look at these scriptures, we have to keep in mind, and I encourage us to keep in mind, that our heart condition, that inward condition is going to have an outward demonstration. So our outward demonstration is going to be really 
a symbolic of our internal love. We are called into a relationship with God. We're not just called into a relationship with God. We are called into a love relationship with God and with others. We're going to get to those scriptures in a little bit. But he tells us. Jesus tells us, he told them in Deuteronomy, love the Lord, your God. How many times is it in there? Love the Lord, your God. How many times is in there? God loves you. Because he loves you, he gave. It's in there. Proverbs 3 um, and three says that let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. <laughs> then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. See, I can tell you this, people can resist a lot of things. And initially, they may even resist love. But if you keep giving it, I bet you that it won't be resisted. Now, people can resist manipulation, but true love, it won't be resisted. When you love something or someone, I don't care how much you try to hide it. I don't care how much you deny it. It is going to show. Even if you don't do an immediate action on it, it's going to show. Because love is the greatest thing. It is the greatest thing. Now, I... You know, we and of course, in one of the um, messages to follow, we understand that there are uh, our understanding of love. There are levels of love. Now, when we use that love, that word love, um, I want us to understand that what we call love on the human level really is terms, we call them terms of endearment or affection. Because there's a difference between lust and love. But we will call lust love. Okay? And it will give you that good, happy feeling. But you got to look at the heart condition behind it. And the heart condition behind lust is not for the well-being and the care of the person. It's for self-gratification and self-satisfying. But we call these things love. But we'll understand that um, as we go through these things, there are terms of endearment, there are affections, and then there is love. The love that we're referring to is the one that you're not going to deny that John 
first uh, John 4.16 love, that agape love, that sacrificial love, that reliable love, that undeniable love, the, the love that Jesus said, I will come and find you. I will leave the, the 99 to find the one love. The I won't let you go love, the kind of love that you are the air that I breathe, the kind of love that you are all that I need. We're talking about those that kind of love. So 1 John 4.16 says, and so we know and rely on the love of God, the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We are called to that love relationship. You cannot uh, God loves you first and foremost. That is how you're even uh, called into the kingdom is through the love of God. But we know that that love, God wants reciprocated. So we're called to that love relationship above all else. See, that true love, that agape love is going to be above all else. That's why Jesus sacrificed his life for us, because the love was above all else. It was above all circumstances. It was above all issues. It was above all um, uh, priorities, personal endeavors, wants, likes, needs. Ceremonies, pomp and circumstances. The love is above all of that. We are called to a love relationship. So it is through that perspective that we are encouraged through the word of God to set in order the conditions and the issues of our heart so that the love of God will flow in us and the love of God will flow through us, through our hearts. See, because when you have a lot of issues, the bitterness, the hatred, the anger, it's gonna interfere with that flow. So God tells us, let's set the heart of the matter in order, let's put the forgiveness in. Let's 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 work on the loyalty. Let's work on the obedience. All of that flows from the heart, so that when that heart is freely flowing in the love, we can get a grasp of Ephesians six. 10 and 11 that says, be strong in the Lord. Jesus is telling us in Matthew's the 22nd chapter, talk about the issues of life. Well, there were, if you read the, uh, the 27th chapter of Matthew, oh, I encourage you read it from the beginning to the end 
you see, Jesus is addressing many issues about calling people to a wedding feast. They not showing up, didn't care. Um, and then there was one that showed up, <laughs> showed up the way they wanted to show up. You know, I mean, we look at those things and we those are issues. You do have the the ones that don't don't really care. They're not really caring about a relationship or a love relationship with God. Not really caring about uh, what the obedience is. What what is what is God saying? I need for you to do. They didn't really care. I'm just showing up. Showing up because I got the invitation. So of course, Jesus is addressing many issues. He's addressing faithfulness. He's addressing obedience. He's addressing following his rules and his orders. He's addressing, you know, rights. He's addressing error because they were talking about um, it, the 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 guy that was no the wife the wife that was married to seven brothers and who was gonna. Um, who was gonna have her in heaven? Jesus said, you're in error. It's not gonna be a marriage. And then he went on to address ignorance. So he was addressing many issues. But if we get down to verse 37, what does he say the, the greatest of all of those issues? All of those, those things that he was addressing prior to coming to uh, verse 37. What is that commandment? He says, the greatest is love. So when you love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength, because it says, you know, at some scripture, uh, it says, mine. But it, it also referenced Deuteronomy, which speaks of it as strength. Okay. He says that that is the greatest commandment. It's the first and it's the greatest. And then when you get the primary love right, the secondary love for your neighbors, that means our earthly brothers and sisters. Okay, you're going to love them in the right perspective, too. You're going to love them as yourself, as you would yourself. And then he went on to tell them, he said, all the, the law and the prophets, so everything that had happened prior to the beginning of the New Testament, okay, the law and the prophets, he said, all of that hangs on these two commandments. So everything up into the New Testament is covered and fulfilled through the love that we have for God. So when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us uh, it, uh, that's our love chapter, right? So 
We oftentimes look at that love chapter and we think about, you know, the love that we have for our spouses or our children, or, you know, our relatives, you know, whatnot, or even, you know, for our spiritual family. But it, it, it really goes far deeper than that. Because when you are, when you put everything in perspective, when you put it in order, like Jesus said, the first and the greatest commandment is to love God. And then uh, the second is love your neighbor. So when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, that love that we, we should be examining is not just the second part of the love, but it's also the first part of the love. Because if we look at what it tells us, patient, love is patient. Um, it does not envy, it's not boastful, it's not proud. It's not self-seeking, it's not angered. Um, it, it, it keeps no record of wrong. It does not delight in evil. It rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. And you think about where are God's expectations of us? Well, being strong in the Lord. Being strong in the Lord is being patient because he tells us to wait on the Lord. Be strong and take heart. That is Psalms 27, 14. Be strong and take heart. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That is a strength. So it goes back and it parallels our be strong in the Lord um, and in his mighty power when we're told that in Ephesians. Our patience is to wait on the Lord and be strong in him. Why? Because we know that Psalms 91, 14 says that those who love me, he said, I will rescue them. I will rescue you. You love me, I'm going to rescue you. Oh, that's one of those love relationship things. So I can wait because I know that God is going to be true to his word. So my focus is loving him. The rescue is going to come because of my love for him. It also tells us in Exodus 14, 14, that the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Mm, it all lines up. It's all in perspective. Our kindness. Kindness. When we are kind to one another, forgiving one another as Christ forgave us, we are that model, that that. Uh, that replication of who a uh, crisis. If you notice that, you know what, and, and science knows this and, and have really studied this, that people um, are in the in family, that is, there is this debate that, that uh, debates nurture versus nature because of the fact that 
when you are, you may not even be um, like for people who are adopted. They they pick up the ways of the people who they live with. Their bodies become regulated to the people that they live with. Some of the same things that happen because of their, their living arrangement, their eating, their diets, they become integrated into the place where they live. So, you know, science has this debate. Is it nature or nurture? Which one is the strongest? Well, I can tell you that we are integrated into heaven. We have been adopted. And because we are in the word, we're reading the word, we become part of that, 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 uh, uh, that mind and that fully integration of heaven. Our mindset, we have to transform it. That's what the Bible tells us. That's what the word of God does. That's what fellowship is supposed to do. It helps for that transformation so that we are moving in the likeness of our new family, our new home. We're loving because we have been loved. So we know love. We know that feeling. We know how powerful it is. And we want to uh, share that. We want others to know that this thing is powerful. This thing can change you overnight. It can change your situations, your conditions. That's our message because of the love that we now experience. So we talk about um, not being prideful. Uh, dishonor, self-seeking. Here we go. Not angered. Mm. So James, the first chapter, 19 through the 20th verse, tells us everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become anger, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, not saying that we're not, we don't get anger. We just have to be careful not to, first of all, let it take a root in our heart. Even when we have been wrong, our focus is on the justice of God. Why? That's one of the benefits because of his love for us and our love for him. That's one of our benefits. That's one of our blessings. And there's a, a, a I mean, of course, our names is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we should be we should be celebrating that. But there are so many other benefits because of our love relationship. Here it says love. Now you think about this because we think about it in terms of human 
But here it tells us that love always protect. Guess what? That protection is offered through uh, God. He said that I don't leave home without it every day. Um, he says in Psalms 91.14, I, I know I already mentioned it, but I want you to also, you know, go back and read 9 through 12 because it also talks about what part of that blessing is because of our love relationship. But he says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledged my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Part of the love relationship. The benefits of the love relationship. So 1 Corinthians 13 is, is applicable as we consider our love for each other, but it's even more applicable as we think about the love of God and our love for God says always protect, it rejoices in the truth, it always uh, hope, it always persevere. Keeps no record of wrong. Uh, one of the things you read and oh, I'm telling you, <laughs> I just wanna say, boy, I tell you this last, we're doing this Bible study as we go through the word of God. And I, I this the, the last part that I had to read, I'm like, God, you know, this is leaving more questions in my mind than anything. It left more questions than it did clarity. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, it, it, it actually made me think, oh, how easy it is to, to miss it. I mean, that God was sending the word through the prophet and they still was missing it. I'm like, what is going on? So, you know, it one, it keeps you mindful. It, 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 I mean, to me, it was about always being mindful and always having that right heart, always guarding that heart, guard that heart. Because if, when you're going through the, the persecutions and the targeted, it will harden you and it will harden your heart. And so we want to keep our heart because it, out of it flows those issues and those issues will start to uh, 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 interfere with not only the, our perspective of love, but our giving of love, our declaring our love. So, 1 Corinthians, we want to, that First Corinthians uh, 13, it's, I say it's applicable to our relationship, but it's also applicable for our love of God. Because 
you know, um, they were saying, you know, God, you're not hearing us. Yeah, you're, why are you letting all this happen to us? Are you, you're not loving us. I mean, it was all, they put so much on God. Not really examining what God wants and God's expectations, but it was like, God, you're letting all this happen to us. Why are you letting this happen to us? Not really acknowledging the sovereignty and the providence of God and his ability to, um, he said that he would break those iron um, bars. There's nothing that he can't do. So being strong in God's love and in his mighty power, as I was telling you about uh, Matthew's the 22nd, uh, in uh, verse 29, Jesus told them that they erred because they did not understand God's precepts. But he said also they didn't know the scripture. So two, two conditions that we need to make sure that we are keeping covered through our efforts. And our part of a love relationship is getting to know and wanting to know more and more about the person that you love. And I'm talking on that human level because we know that, you know, even though we, we speak God, the Father, uh, the Holy Spirit and God, the Son as three persons, we know he's spirit. But nonetheless, God wants us to know him through scripture. So Jesus told them, he's like, you error. You know, they were thinking in terms of the human relationship. But Jesus says, I, in other words, he's saying, I need for you to search the scriptures. I need for you to, as you search the scriptures, I need for you to understand and get to learn because the scripture is going to show to you and direct you to the power of God. From beginning to end, it's going to direct you, show you, demonstrate to you, tell you the power of God. This is why it's so important that we meditate on the word day and night. Because part of the, the situation is we weren't there. But we trust every word that is told to us in the Bible. It becomes part of our ingrained belief and our faith in God. This is why it's so important that we search the scriptures so that we can learn what the power of God is. We can learn truly about his power. We can learn about his presence. We can learn about his providence. We can learn about his provisions. We learn about his rulership. We learn about his righteousness and we learn about his relationship with us. 
I have to say this because God always give me these statements and I'm like, mm, God, you know, I have to say it because he give it to me. I'm like, it's going to help somebody. <laughs> May not help everybody. May not even be among other people's favorite, but this is what he says to me. He said to me that when your life becomes more about God, it is going to become less about everything else. Guess what? When it becomes less about everything else, it's going to open you up to become totally saturated in the presence of God. And guess what? It's going to open your situations up to be uh, saturated by the presence, the power, the providence, the provision of God as well. So it's a win-win situation. When your life becomes more about him and less about everything else that's going on in it. When you open up your heart, make him the center point of your situation. Because y'all know, we're all there. We've been there. We go through it, go in and out of it. It's easy to focus on the problem or the situation. Because y'all know, they like to make themselves the focus point. The devil is a liar. I, I was looking out my window. I was looking at my window a couple of days ago and um, I was laying on the couch and then I was looking out the window that gives me a, a, a light, a nice long view of the uh, sky. And um, there, this plane goes flying by, flashing its lights. And I'm like, oh, hello, babysitter. I haven't seen you all day. And then I'm like, oh, I'm sure you've been there. I just haven't paid you much attention. <laughs> but you want me to see you right now. So hello, goodbye. Because that is all attention you are going to get. Okay? Because I will not make my life about you. I will not make my life about your presence. And I went right back, focusing on the things that, God wants me to be focused on. So we know they want to put themselves in our, 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 our presence so that we focus on the problem and it becomes an automatic pilot. One trigger and there we go. So one of the things God has encouraged me and I encourage you is he will give you a protocol. He will give you a plan. He will give you a, a, a procedure to put in place to intercept the disturbances. One of the things, another thing that he says, like, we don't need to remind God what we're going through. He told us in his word to call him in remembrance of his word. He told us in his word to call him in remembrance of his word. So 
if we're going to do or say anything, call him in remembrance of his word, according to Isaiah 43, 26, where he says <clears throat> that he will go before us. I'm sorry, Isaiah um, 45 and 2. Remind him of 45 and 2, where he said, I will go before you and make the rough road, rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and I will uh, break, cut through the iron bars. So Isaiah um, 43, 6 tells us to remind him, bring him in remembrance of his word. Isaiah 45, 2 tells us to remind him that he said that he was going to go before us. That's one of those benefits of our relationship. So, of course, part of our loving God is acknowledging him. Okay, we acknowledge the people we love <laughs> without a doubt. Those people that are important to us, we acknowledge them. But it's not just God's protection, but it's God. He said through scripture that justice is part of those that he loves. He's going to provide justice for you. Part of those who love him, he said, I will renew your youth. Healing is part of that relationship. We know that. Um, in the righteousness of Christ by the relationship. Now, you know, we, our names are written in the book of life. You know, we have salvation, but it doesn't stop just in heaven. I mean, our benefits are, are benefits that here on earth too. But he did tells us, he, he tells us in his word that he has prepared a, a, a place for those who love him. So that is, that is part of our benefits of having that love relationship with God. Mark 12, 33 tells us that we are to love God with all our hearts, all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all our strength and love our neighbor more than ourselves. Now, this was the teacher of the law talking to Jesus about what is expected of us as children of God. What is expected? So this was a teacher of law talking to Jesus about it. And then he goes on to say that when we do that, that is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When we love God, it is, it is more than anything that we can do ceremoniously. It's more than anything we can do through our, our, our rituals or our demonstration of our service to God, our love for him. And you know what Jesus said to him? Jesus said, um, he responded, he said, he said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. 
That means you're not far from fully grasping and integrating into God's kingdom, where the kingdom is moving for you. The kingdom is moving and acting on your behalf. That was the relationship that they had with God when they were in the correct standing. They didn't have to do anything. Well, they did some things, but believe me, God had already set the thing in order. Like, miraculously. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. That means you are not far from having all of that power, all of that dominion, all of that presence, all of that providence, all of, of, of the, 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 um, the fullness of the kingdom at your, on your behalf, acting on your behalf. Because you understand that love relationship. That was Jesus' response to him because he understood that the love was greater than any act of ceremony. As a matter of fact, the love is what the, the, the act precedes the love. Love comes first. In Romans 8, 28, all things work together for them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. And here's the one thing that I really believe more than anything that we should keep in the far front of our minds as we are, are, are not just demonstrating, but we are, um, see, when we're talking on the phone or we're interacting, you know, uh, through, you know, or with other people, especially, you know, on these media platforms, a lot of the things that we would do in a, a regular church service or, you know, acts that we would do, um, you know, like going out and feeding the hungry and different things like that, we don't see a, a whole lot of those acts. But it does not mean that our declaration of love is not as profound. And so 1 Corinthians 8.3 says, but if any man love God, the same is known by him. The same is known by him. How wonderful it is. Um, Torrance, um, Wells has this song, um, you know my name. But how much more is it when he knows who we are? Because we have that love connection. When you have a love connection, you understand them and they understand you. So our love allows that relationship to be to to go deeper to be rooted deeper it be it it goes beyond just the 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 ceremony that's what jesus was saying to the teacher of the law oh you 
you're, you are so close. You understand kingdom principles. You understand kingdom power. You understand the presence of the kingdom. So I just want to encourage us, encourage us. You know, we when you go to a wedding, or when you have your own, congratulations, Sister Shante. That's the first thing you're doing is making your declaration of love. Your declaration of eternal love. At least it's supposed to be eternal. <laughs> we know how humans are. <laughs> Oftentimes fall short of the eternal thing, but God love does not. And he will bring us into that place of eternal love with him. But he wants us to love him with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our understanding, and all of our strength. Make that declaration before you do anything else. Before you bring your need, bring your love, Bring your love. And everything else will fall in place. You can't love God more than he loves you. Amen.